2: we oh, know. No. what is going on belly up sports fam it's your favorite history teacher mr parker ainsworth here in another edition of fn sports the podcast where teachers grade sports biggest issues and today after an exciting and eventful nfl weekend we're here to hand out some gold stars and detentions you guys know how this goes so without further ado let's jump on in First gold star is going to go to Lamar Jackson. He went 21 for 29 with 380 yards and three touchdowns through the air with an additional nine rushes for 119 yards and a touchdown on the ground. The former MVP had a MVP kind of day. He had a great first. We'll say the team had a great first three quarters of the game. I will say his defense kind of lets him down down the stretch. We're going to get to more of that in a second. The MVP needs to get paid. It's hard to believe watching Lamar Jackson on Sunday, he is still in search of a contract, or at least a contract extension, but I guess here we sit in mid or late September, and he still is looking for one. The price is only going up. I don't give what Baltimore's doing. Gold star to Lamar for continuing to ball out. On the flip side of the game, we're also going to give a gold star to Tua Tagovailoa for a 36 for 50, 469 yard, 6 touchdown comeback win over the Ravens against that Ravens defense. Now I know it's going to get paired as Tua versus Lamar and all these kinds of things, but those guys are not on the field at the same time, or at least not very often. Like After the coin toss, I don't know if they're ever actually inside the white lines together. I will say that while Lamar had an MVP kind of day, it was a Tua Tagovailoa coming out party as far as the NFL is concerned. That offense looks spectacular. He's going to get the ball to guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill in space and I don't know how you cover those guys in space even tight ends like Gusecki and guys like that were getting open because of the type of coverage that they were having to throw out there just to cover up Waddle and Hill and they didn't do that very well after all of that so another gold star in this game is going to go to Tua Tagovailoa both quarterbacks get gold stars we could also hand one out to Mark Andrews the tight end for Baltimore we could also hand out one to Jalen Waddle we could also hand one out to Tyreek Hill the guys catching the touchdown passes but for simplicity's sake we're going to look at Tua Katagavaloa for coming out and showing six touchdowns and a big big performance in a season where we're gonna have a bunch of people asking questions about how long can Tua last on Sunday it certainly felt like he's going to be here for a long time. All right, speaking of comebacks, we're going to give a detention to the Cleveland Browns. We give detentions to the Cleveland Browns a lot this season, but this detention is going to go to, frankly, a fan base we all are going to like to see lose a lot this year after a truly disgusting pregame festivities, we'll say. We have all the pictures of people wearing the matching jerseys that are celebrating the Deshaun Watson things off the field. You have all the stuff about massages and stuff like that going on in pregame tailgates all that disturbing disturbing imagery coming out of cleveland only for them to go inside the stadium and then get embarrassed on national television The Browns had a 99.9% win odds on ESPN going into the last couple minutes of that game. They scored a touchdown. I think it's worth noting that Kareem Hunt scored a touchdown to go up less than two touchdowns. (laughs) Uh, That's important in a second. With just under three minutes left, Hunt scores when he could have just sat on his butt and not scored and wasted the clock. Instead, after he scores, the Jets then scored a big touchdown, kicked and received an onside kick and then had their own quick touchdown again to take the lead and win by a single point. The entire Cleveland Brown Stadium was in shock. The silent scenes spoke volumes. I just have to say I cannot pick a fan base in the 2022 season. I am more excited about watching that happen to I think we're all going to enjoy watching Cleveland burn as these kinds of things happen. And that's not just the river burning. I will point out that that river was actually on fire at one point. The history teacher in me has to point that out. I just like watching that football team burn after how triumphantly they and Deshaun Watson beat their respective chests. After all of that went down, he shouldn't be playing in the league again. However, as we're going to watch this happen, watching them get embarrassed on national TV will only be more fun when it happens with him in uniform and under center. So a detention to Cleveland Browns, it will be their, I think, second of many this season. On the other side of that comeback, we probably need to hand out a gold star to Joe Flacco for Helping the people's team go to victory. The people's team being whoever is playing those Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco gets a gold star for leading that comeback, scoring a couple quick touchdowns in the final few minutes to save America from a Browns victory in their first home game this season. Shouts to Joe Flacco, shouts to Garrett Wilson, shouts to the New York Jets for pulling off a big, big upset win. Again, they had a 99.9% chance per ESPN statistical database, to lose that game with a couple minutes left, and they turn out and won it. That's no accident. That is Joe Flacco pulling off the people's win. Speaking of the people's team, the people's team this season seems to be the Buffalo Bills, whether it's the heartbreak of the way last season ended or just the people like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, or whatever the case may be. It feels like a lot of America is looking for the Buffalo Bills to kind of get over the hump this season. That's the same hump they were looking to get over in the early 1990s. And maybe that's the deal is that there's, you know, 30 years later, we're hoping that they can somehow get over that hump. But Josh Allen, the People's quarterback, if that's the People's team, had a 26-for-38, 317-yard forward touchdown night on Monday Night Football. I have to say, while we'll get into more about Monday Night Football in a second, that truthfully, Josh Allen was even more excellent than those numbers showed. I've put my eyes on that game for a lot because bluntly my wife has some guys on the Buffalo Bills on her fantasy team and so we're sitting there watching that game more than the other one and I, it just felt like at no point in the game did Josh Allen feel rushed. Yes, he had 12 incompletions but those incompletions were either because he just didn't like his options and threw the ball away instead of doing something crazy or or because of a drop or, or a you know extra finger there just sticking out just kind of in the way and i have to say that it's odd to say that a 317 yard four touchdown night does not tell a good enough story about how Josh Allen played but truthfully it just didn't. He was in control of the entire game against the Tennessee Titans. That's a team that people were projecting to win the AFC South. Some people might have been picking the Colts with Matt Ryan, but I just I feel like the dominance at a Buffalo through two weeks is just just tremendous. Shouts to Josh Allen, another gold star. I'm sure he'll get many, many this season. <laughs> On the other side of that game, we're going to give a detention to Ryan Tannehill for a truly atrocious performance 11 for 20 with 117 yards and two interceptions. He also got sacked twice uh, for loss of 16 total yards. Tannehill most notably spent his offseason not coaching up his young rookie backup Malik Willis, and now I think we're starting to see why that is. Tannehill is not up to the task there in Tennessee. They have a All everything, all world running back behind him in Derrick Henry. They've got, again, some decent pass catchers on the edge. Not the same kind of guys they had a year ago, maybe, but they do have decent pass catchers. And Tannehill just can't get the job done, much like his time in Miami. It just looks like he's out of sorts and not quite up to the task. And that feels like a very overwhelmingly strong reason that he might have decided against mentoring His replacement in Malik Willis because it's not so unlikely that Malik Willis replaces him very very soon the Titans are 0-2 they're gonna have to rely on the ground game more Malik Willis appears to be more of that kind of guy as well and frankly if you're building towards the future you got to see what you got in Malik Willis and so I just feel like all signs are pointing towards getting rid of Tannehill and he might have seen that before all of us did and so tonight we're giving a detention to Tannehill because he both did not mentor Malik Willis and those kinds of things which for that in the end of the offseason, as well as a look into what, how he's playing right now. Now, this show is not all about quarterbacks, so I do feel like I have to point out that Stefan Diggs did catch three of those four touchdowns from Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs had 148 yards receiving and three touchdowns on 14 targets, 12 catches on 14 targets. He gets a big, fat gold star. I think the interesting thing as we're going throughout the season will be in the growth of the Buffalo Bills, you have this exponential crazy growth at the quarterback position in Josh Allen, you also have at the same exact time, them pulling in a guy like Stefan Diggs, that marriage feels to be working very, very well, obviously. And I don't know how you pick which one has the bigger influence. What I do know is the bigger influence does not matter because the influence is happening. Nonetheless, and those influences, wherever they're coming from, are leading to Buffalo Bills wins. Shout out Stefan Diggs for a big, big Monday night. And frankly, for what looks to be a big, big season, I'm sure we'll be giving him a lot of gold stars this year. Before we transition into giving gold stars intentions from the other Monday night football game, we're going to give a big detention to ESPN for having two Monday night football games. The whole point of Monday night football is to have one game we can all put our eyes on. And in the opening week, a couple of times now down the stretch of the last few seasons, you've seen networks go in and have two different Monday night games to kind of help build on the excitement building from the first week of football. ESPN opted not to do that last season. They want to show off all the different options you have to watch a single game on Monday night with the Manning cast and all those different things, right? And frankly, I do love the Manning cast. However, to then turn around and have a doubleheader tonight with two East Coast home teams playing at what amounted to like, what was it, 630? Or I guess it was about 7 p.m. East time and then a 10 p.m. kickoff East Coast time is not the way to do it games are going into the 11 o'clock midnight hour eastern all of a sudden because they're trying to fit two games into monday night and frankly i don't think that's good from a tv dollar standpoint either i get espn gets money from whichever channel you put your eyes on and tune into but tuning into one does negate your ability to tune into The other, and I don't think it's a good way for them to show off things that they're putting out there, or for them to show off various booth teams, etc. I understand that ESPN wants more games, but putting two games on Monday night does not seem like the best way to do it. Further, I think my bigger worry here is that this is heading towards dangerously. Feels like it's heading towards, I should say, a world where there's going to be like a football game every night, like an NFL football game every night, and that feels detrimental to the players' bodies and the product on the field. And I'm not going to be about that if that's the direction this is heading. And it just feels like we're leaning into that. So I'm not going to give that any kind of gold star. We're giving a big fat detention to ESPN for putting two games out on Monday night when they certainly didn't have to. All right. I know we said we weren't going to give just our gold stars out to quarterbacks or, or whatever, but I do have to give out another quarterback gold star to Jalen Hurts. As of the time recording this, I say that because technically that game is still going on, but Jalen Hurts is 26 for 31, with 333 yards and a touchdown. He also has another two touchdowns on the ground, and I think that really shows the versatility of a guy like Hurts, and I love the offense that they're building around him. They have Goddard and Devontae Smith. And guys around him to catch the ball, but he also has this like triple option type of running game at times with him and Miles Sanders and those guys in the backfield. And I think that the interesting thing there is, it's because of the optionality of the of offense, the defense is always wrong. Like Minnesota has had in the years past. I know they changed coaching staffs and those kind of things, but they have had a fairly strong defense. And frankly, that doesn't seem to matter to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles looked poised to win the NFC East. And I say that as a guy that likes the Cowboys, but doesn't seem to matter. The Philadelphia Eagles are certainly a team to reckon with in the NFC. I understand the NFC is not the AFC, but the Eagles look really, really tough. And that's because of the optionality in the offense. And that optionality clearly derives itself from the talents of Jalen Hurts. Shouts Jalen Hurts for another great week. Gold star heading his way. A gold star goes out to Amon Ray St. Brown for a 68 yards rushing. Yes, you heard that right. And 116 yard receiving, two touchdown kind of outing as the Detroit Lions get a big win over the Washington Commanders. Yes, you heard that correctly. The Detroit Lions on the shoulders of Amon Ray St. Brown get a big, big win over Carson Wentz, Ron Rivera, and the Washington Commanders. Now, that's a lot of fun, and I'm sure that this will be... Heralded in Detroit as the coming out party for the new look Lions post hard knocks. And frankly, Aiden Hutchinson had a big, big day, too. We could probably hand him a big gold star on the defensive side of things. He had three sacks. Frankly, that probably warrants it as I'm sitting here talking through this live. I probably should hand him a gold star for the three sacks. But I think what's also funny here is that This is just another way to laugh at what's happening in Washington. (laughs) Uh, Last week, we talked about the mug that had the state of Washington with the city of Washington, D.C.'s football team. Today, we're laughing at the fact they lost to the Detroit Lions. I digress. Whatever the case may be, it was a fun, fun Sunday for Detroit and for Amon Wright St. Brown and for Aiden Hutchinson. So gold star all the way around to those guys. Got to give a gold star to Brian Dable and the 2-0 New York Giants. I can't believe I'm saying it either. Saquon Barkley had a big day on the ground. I know he didn't get in the end zone, but man, oh man, those New York Giants look like they're going to be tough and scrappy. And frankly, the kind of team where Dable, if he really wants to get the quarterback in the draft that he can build with like he did with Josh Allen, he might need to kind of slow down on winning these games because they're going to play in a weak NFC East. They're going to have a relatively easy schedule because of where they finished last season. And they might win too many games to go out and get a C.J. Stroud or whatever. And so the Giants might need to cool off. But in the meantime, we're going to give them a big, big gold star for pulling out a big upset win over Carolina, which also, I should point out, ended my run in the Survivors pool relatively early. I, I, I digress. Shout out to the New York Giants for pulling out an upset win that I certainly did not see coming. For the folks keeping score at home, yes, the Lions, the Giants, and the Jets all won in the same Sunday for the first time in what feels like a lifetime. Just that's all I gotta say here is that the Giants, the Jets, and the Lions all won on the same Sunday. We're gonna make a gold star to the running game of the Green Bay Packers. I say that mostly because we think of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and this new age offensive coordinator and those kinds of things but at the end of the day they beat the Chicago Bears because they put up 200 yards on the ground in a way that really milked the clock took the ball away from Chicago took the ball away from Justin Fields and that dynamic offense yes they only had one rushing touchdown they had a couple of shorter touchdown catches as well but I think it's interesting to look at the basis of that offense getting back to the floor's roots and getting back to putting the ball in Aaron Jones hands I think that His 15 carries for 132 yards and a touchdown feels, frankly, light if you watched that game and saw how much of the load he was really, really shouldering. I know fantasy people love to see that kind of an outing out of him, but man, oh man, if they can do that and have the arm of Aaron Rodgers, they might be able to get over some of those detentions we handed out, not being able to catch the ball last week, if I'm being completely honest. That looked like a very, very impressive new kind of football team compared to what we saw a week ago. (laughs) Speaking of looking different than a week ago, we're going to give a attention to the Denver Broncos for, frankly, not looking much different than they did a week ago. Yes, I know they won 16-9 to over the Houston Texans. I have to feel like that's mostly because of how poor the Texans are on offense, though. I mean, nine points against that Denver defense that we saw give up two touchdowns to Geno Smith a week ago isn't as impressive, I think, as people want to make it out to be. I also think that scoring just 16 points against that Houston Texans defense is not as impressive as anyone's ever going to think that a Russell Wilson-led offense can be. This feels like just an ugly, ugly football game between two bad teams. Here's the difference, though, is that Houston is a rebuilding team that people anticipate not being very good. People are talking about Denver winning the AFC West this season. They thought that they could beat teams like the Chiefs or the Chargers. And if they can barely beat the Texans, how are they going to do any of that? This is a big, big detention for a team that continues to look like it's struggling. Yes, they got the win, but they looked like they were struggling the entire time against a very, very porous Houston Texans team. Before we give a gold star from this game, we're going to give a detention to Cliff Kingsbury for his clock management down the stretch of the Cardinals and Raiders game. Now, I know the Cardinals won, and we'll get into more of the gold stars having to do with that in a moment. But after scoring what is potentially the game tying touchdown, to then have a delay of game penalty on the ensuing two point conversion is just unacceptable when you have to have said conversion to tie the game and force overtime. That was just one concrete instance, but there's several moments down the stretch of the game where it looked like all of this imaginative Cliff Kingsbury offense that he was supposed to be bringing was just let Kyler run around like it's Pop Warner. It looked like it was, hey, let's run four verts, get the defense away, and just let Kyler run around. It looks like Abysmal. It looks like there is no playbook. And frankly, for an offense that we were saying, Kyler needed to really study and learn. There were going to be all these notes and all this homework kind of stuff that he was supposedly not doing. The offense, the play calling itself, I should say, looks hyper, hyper simple. Now, are you going to tell me that that's because of Kyler? Or is that because a guy doesn't know how to use the clock down the stretch? I mean, he didn't have a two-point play ready to go in that situation. There are... 31 other offensive coordinators that have a list of two-point plays in their back pocket for just such a situation. I can't believe that that's how that game ended. And frankly, Cliff Kingsbury continues to be lucky. He has a guy like Kyler Murray. Big, big attention to Cliff. That said, we're going to give a gold star to Kyler Murray going true video game mode a couple times down the stretch of that game. If you look at the rushing sets, he had five carries for 28 yards and a touchdown. That just feels inadequate given the way he ran the ball if you're watching him over the course of that game. There was one play in itself where he had like a five yard touchdown, but all the ESPN stats point out if you watch him run around the backfield, he ran 85 yards to gain five yards. Now, is that a great offensive play call? Absolutely not. Is that a tremendous effort out of an individual to put the ball in the end zone? Oh, my God, yes. Shout out to Kyler Murray for putting them back in place to win that game, getting them to overtime on his own athletic ability, not the plate calling up Cliff Kingsbury, and eventually coming away with a big win. Also worth pointing out, we're giving a gold star to Isaiah Simmons for the most perfect knocking out of the football I think I've seen in a long, long time. He launched his body with his shoulder at the offensive player Hunter Renfro's shoulder pop the ball with his own shoulder and knocking the guy to the ground to make sure. First of all, it's a great, if you're a coach, a pursuit kind of drill. That's why you send all 11 jerseys to the ball on every play. That's why you preach those things as a coach. And then to see it result in popping the ball loose for his DB to scoop and score on a way to end the game in overtime was just beautiful and fantastic. So I got to give a gold star to Isaiah Simmons while we're talking about Cardinals and Raiders. This can be a gold star and a detention simultaneously because it's more or less for the same thing. We have a gold star to Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys pass rush, and a big, big detention to the offensive line led by one Lyle Collins of the Cincinnati Bengals. If you missed it, the Cooper rush led Dallas Cowboys with 20 points and thus beat the Cincinnati Bengals to put the Bengals to 0 2. Yes, it was on the last second field goal, but the story of the game was that Joe Burrow was running around for his life. He got sacked six times, but that seems to not tell the whole story. Micah Parsons was leading the way in QB pressures, and they're getting after his butt all night long. I say all night long. I guess it was one of those weird day games where the sun was kind of in the way at Jerry World because the sun seems to get in the way at Jerry World because Jerry World is poorly built. We're not We're not going to talk about that? Not gonna, Okay, we're not going to talk about that, but I will say that Micah Parsons got after Joe Burrow, the defensive line, the defensive front, got after Joe Burrow. Yes, it ended up leading to some big pass breakups and those kinds of things out of Trevon Diggs. And that was a really, really fun defensive game to watch them play Joe Burrow like that. But it starts up front, and it starts up front with the dominance of the Dallas front seven and the weak, weak play of the Cincinnati front five. I have to say, as we head into week three, I love Yaz. It was fun to have her on the podcast. I hope to have her on the podcast many more times. Her prediction about the Cincinnati Bengals repeating or potentially winning a Super Bowl, repeating being win the AFC or whatever, feels short-sighted at this point because, man, we all thought that offensive line got better, and it flat did not. All right, this is going to be the most unlikely gold star of the day. We're going to have a gold star to Mike Evans, who has been suspended one game, for running up and decking Saints defensive players who were trying to get in the face and potentially quarrel some with Tom Brady. I think I'm going to give him a gold star for a couple reasons. One, because frankly, it was as good a football fight type of move as I've seen. I don't know if it was the element of surprise or just his brute strength, but as far as football shoving matches go, he clearly, clearly won the fight. But I also want to give him a gold star because he comes from I think he's either on the sideline or coming off the field. I, I can't tell if he's on the White Stripes or not, but he runs out on the field and decks the guy, and when his helmet is off and the ref is in his face saying, you're tossed, he said, quote, that's Tom Brady. Now, <laughs> I have to say that I love that Mike Evans is pointing out what we all know and love is that quarterbacks get turned into deities in this sport. It's hard to have a game where we do that to these quarterbacks and make them to the face the franchise and hand over all the positive things these guys and so on and so forth and they get upset when receivers do all they can to protect those guys or any football player does all they can to protect those guys if you don't want mike evans to react like that then we have to stop putting the quarterback position on the pedestal and admit that having great surrounding pieces like mike evans will help you out we if we're going to continue to do that I have zero problem with Mike Evans doing things like stepping up front and making sure you don't mess with his quarterback. I mean, after all, they passed a bunch of rules to make sure you can't hurt the quarterback anyway. Why would he let someone hurt him in an off the or outside between the whistles kind of thing? Of course, Mike Evans is going to step in the way and make sure that that doesn't happen. And frankly, the same way I support offensive linemen having the quarterbacks back, this is a receiver doing the exact same thing. I'd be somewhat hypocritical if I didn't. I understand it ended in a one-game suspension as of this recording. I guess he is going to also potentially appeal it but I still give this a gold star because I'd give it a gold star if it was a big guy in 67 and if we're going to continue to put quarterbacks on that pedestal and not let them get hurt and do all those kinds of things then I appreciate a receiver having his guys back
0: okay Parker so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports what do you think about that thesis statement
2: Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis?
0: So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make bombs, they even have have this heated comb
2: to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, <laughs> it helps keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use Friends, those are the gold stars and detentions from NFL's week two. Do you feel like we have any that you think we're missing from either detention or gold star side? Feel free to shout out at us on social media and let us know who you think we left off. You can find us on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports and on Twitter at FN sports too. It's F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S number two all one word. On both of the social media handles, you're going to link tree in the bio, You'll find every episode, all of our sponsors, that's intheclutch.com, The Beard Struggle, Yeti, etc. You'll also be able to find a link to our merch store where we sell various t-shirts, caps, mugs, and hoodies, all of which give money to charitable causes. This September, we're supporting the Alzheimer's Association for Alzheimer's Awareness Month. So we have a special flunk Alzheimer's t-shirt that you can buy and we'll send proceeds to that foundation so make sure you go support a great cause and support the show at the same time. If you're looking for me on social media you can find me at Painsworth512. It's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H 512 on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be talking about losses on sneakers, the Houston Rockets, lots of things football related. The WNBA finals are over so maybe some women's college basketball to get to that kind of thing and I'll be posting on things I'm recording and writing and featured on throughout the week so make sure you go follow me at Painsworth512 on instagram and twitter if you can support the show for free you can so by giving us a five star rating leaving us a positive review downloading subscribing doing a couple different platforms and devices and whatever you do when it comes to sports don't flunk with us later guys